Hi, my name is Ethan with the LB Church from Watford City at the 2022 Elevate Youth Convention, and you're listening to the CLB Forge podcast, sponsored by North American Mission. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 117. I'm Mike Natal. And I'm Luke Chelhog. Today we are getting to know Lutheran Brethren Seminary Professor Clint Knudsen and his new faculty position. A little bit of background here on Clint. He's currently serving two churches, Christ Alone Lutheran Brethren Church in Birch Hills, Saskatchewan, and Saren Lutheran Church in Hagen, Saskatchewan. He's been pastoring there for seven years. Clint also has started his PhD studies at Concordia St. Louis. He graduated from Lutheran Brethren Seminary in 2016. Clint is married to Heather. They have four kids, Ivan, Eli, Isabel, and Bridget. Welcome, Clint. Thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Give me the opportunity. So our listeners, if you listen to our previous episode, 116, you would have gotten to know Nate Larson. He's one of the new professors as well. And so if you listen to that episode, you'll hear some of the same questions. We tried to keep it the same with the questions so that you guys could get to know these seminary faculty a little bit better. And so our next episode, 118, we're actually going to interview Joel Christensen as well. He's the new uh, missiology professor at LBS, and we're going to be asking him the same questions as well. So if you're thinking like, man, the forge is slacking because they're coming up and all they're doing is asking people the same questions. That's intentional. We wanted to do that to make sure that we could have some continuity as these professors are joining that team and so that you could get to know them a little bit better. So Clint, our first question out of the hopper for you is, can you tell us about your spiritual journey and who influenced you during that time as you grew? My spiritual journey has been fairly long. I started out at a church in the ELCIC in Canada, which is the ELCA. That's what I was raised in. It was at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Macomb, Saskatchewan. And in that little church, I had lots of, I guess, little old ladies praying for me and encouraging me. And <laughs> pretty much from a very young age, I was destined to seminary, I think, behind the scenes uh, with those prayers. I had chances to serve in that church. Nothing spectacular, but, you know, was brought in ushering at a pretty young age and just, you know, even putting out the candles at the end of the service. You just get participating in that. Have you kept up on your ushering skills, would you say, overall? Did I give up on them? No, have you kept up on your ushering skills? Oh, have skills? I kept up on them? No. Yeah. No, okay. I, I would fumble around with that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how to put out a candle anymore. Nobody would get bulletins. <laughs> they would just walk in without anything yeah. and hand out <laughs> the bulletins. Oh, <laughs> Exactly. So I think that was a, a big part of it for me. Uh, definitely my mom and dad, obviously, were foundational in this. Huge for that, uh, bringing me to church. And I know I spent a lot of time just sitting at the kitchen table. The way I'd like to describe it is being catechized by them, you know, having conversation, mm -hmm. wrestling with questions. Kind of moving on, I, I've been through a number of Lutheran schools. So I went to a high school called the Lutheran Collegiate Bible Institute. And there were some mentors there, kind of participated in worship nights and grew in that, had a chance to serve on a couple of worship teams, or not even worship team. Well, I served on a worship team as like the sound guy, because I can't play an instrument or sing or anything. So <laughs> I ran sound and then did VBSs through that and toured around. 
went from there to a Bible school, Canadian Lutheran Bible Institute for a year. So grew there, had ministry suggested to me there as well. It's funny because at that point in my life, I had just graduated high school. I was kind of antisocial, I think, at that point. I wanted to move up into the woods and study <laughs> trees, I think. I was going to, I'd applied actually to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, to a, a school up there to go study forestry. <laughs> and nice. I decided I wanted to follow my friends to Bible school, and God used that in a good way. From Bible school, I started attending university in Saskatoon at the University of Saskatchewan and kind of fell away from the faith, but started pursuing this girl, started dating her, who was Heather, and followed her to a Journeys church. And there, Pastor Riley Sexton at that time gave me opportunities to serve, to preach even, to teach. As in one of the times I got to preach, which I probably had no right to be doing at that point, <laughs> but, but he was willing to let me. Part Hundaby actually saw me preach and encouraged me to get a hold of Dave Veeam. And from there, uh, Dr. Veeam just kind of pursued me a bit. It wasn't much of a pursuing, I guess. I, I had from that young age, kind of that intention to go to seminary. The challenge for me was that the LCIC seminary, I, I wasn't comfortable to go there. And so I was kind of spinning my wheels. And then I heard about the Lutheran Brethren Seminary. And I said, this is what I needed. I'm excited. And so that's when I went. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Um, so you, you went through all that and then now you're accepting a call to teach at Lutheran Brethren Seminary. So what drew you to accept that call? It was again, kind of a process for me, but I, Dr. Bo would come up and he would speak at, for the Canadian church in October, like kind of a pastor and elder training session for us. And he was talking at one of those sessions about kind of the call to be a missionary and the sacrifices that missionaries make. And it, it was right around the same time that I overheard him at lunch. I think we went to Five Guys Burgers and Fries or something for lunch. And I overheard him talking about just the need for people to take their schooling, to go further. And so in my mind, it kind of put those two things together. And so I saw this as a way that I could serve, a way that I could, it was essentially my mission field is the way I saw it. You know, if I don't go, who will, you know, and, and that's, <laughs> I don't have any delusions of grandeur or anything. It's more, I, I think I'm willing and have been willing. And so that's, that's been my pursuit into academics. Clint, I really appreciate you mentioning five guys and trying to get them as one of the sponsorships for the forge. So hopefully after today's episode, once they hear it, we will then pick up the new sponsorship of five guys. So I really appreciate that, Clint. That was, that was great. We'll see if that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how us. that works, if I'm even allowed to talk that way or, or what the deal is. You actually, you can mention stuff like that. The one thing that flags us and gets us in trouble is if like you break out into song and start singing like a well-known copyrighted song, Lindsay would have to edit that out because we would get in trouble for that. I'll try to. So try to not. Yeah. So, you know, try, try not to belt out queen or, you know, anything like that, that you might be, uh deciding that you wanted to sing. So prior to LBS, I know that we we mentioned the two churches that you were serving at for seven years, but can you give us a little bit more information of like what your vocation was prior to seminary? And then kind of like as a follow-up to that, what things have you learned 
at those churches that you think would be beneficial to integrate into your teaching? Ministry for me at those times, I've served at those two churches for seven years, and I had all kinds of things thrown at me in that time, good things, bad things. I think what I learned from them, it was very humbling. It was kind of the reciprocity of the ministry relationship, like the give and take of it. They were amazingly supportive as congregations. And just to encourage the humanity of the pastor too, because they responded well when I was more vulnerable, (laughs) I I think, and more just a regular person. And I had another mentor who reminded me that, you know, pastors don't need to go out of their way for people to know they're regular people, which I think is wise, you know, (laughs) but it's just to live in that and to be willing to own your sins and apologize when the time comes. I think that gets you a long way to be vulnerable, to, to need help and to serve people in real ways. One of the most humbling experiences I, I ever had, I, I like to be the answer guy. That's kind of what brought me here too. But I remember, and I had, I had been visiting this gentleman and he was going through a battle with cancer and, you know, at the early stages of it, I could be the answer guy. You know, I would have these pre-programmed answers that didn't really touch down, but they didn't need to touch down at that point. But as that went on, the pad answers stopped making sense and it became Christ is for you. And that's about all I could say, (laughs) you know, and there was a time I remember visiting where I went totally silent. I had nothing I could say, and yet God was present. God worked through it. And so after that, I've stopped. I don't like being the answer guy in the same way. It doesn't mean there aren't answers that you can give, but there's a reality to this. There's a, a depth to this. It's the stuff of real life. And so as I move into the place of you know, systematic theology, which can be such a dry or heady out there thing. What I want to bring to it, I guess, if I could be that bold to say it, is to remind people it is the stuff of real life. To tell somebody, you know, Christ did this for you in that moment where they need to hear that is, (laughs) that is the gift we can bring in our theology and in our ministry. So... Yeah, that's good, man. That's a home run right there that you're going to bring that in, which is great. Thank you, Clint. That's a really powerful story too. Yeah. My goodness. You mentioned systematic theology, and I think it does get, you know, among all of the theological disciplines or whatever, it gets kind of a rap as being something that's up in the ether, right? Like it's just this, it's just words. It's just a kind of a head game sort of thing. But talking about like the way that there are tangible touch points like this is an existential discipline in a sense and like this matters for real life right so thinking some more about that systematic theology aspect of it i assume that's going to be one of the classes you're going to work toward teaching at the seminary can you tell us a little bit about your teaching load and what other classes you might be involved in teaching well right now it's pretty gradual they want me to focus on finishing my phd studies and so they've got me teaching preaching senior preaching is what i knew it as and that's the class i have and then i'm going to be basically taing under dr bow kind of learning from him and just seeing how he does things and 
So that, that's really my teaching load at this point. I've got kind of administrative stuff to do along with that. And, but that preaching class is my primary class at this point. For our listeners, can you kind of break that down? Like like Luke, I, and you have all been through that class, senior preaching. But could you break that down? And then also, it might be beneficial too for uh, some of us to have a breakdown of like, what exactly is systematics? Like if you were to go to seminary, how much systematics do you have to take? And maybe like, what is that? The purpose of senior preaching is to go through kind of working through a text, figuring out what a text means, going through that whole exercise, reviewing that whole exercise. This is kind of the the capstone class of preaching. It's the last of the preaching courses. So going through that whole process of working through a text and then writing a sermon and reviewing the sermon with the rest of the class. And, And so it's going through that in a very disciplined, diligent way, just to give guys a chance to grow in their preaching and to understand it from maybe different aspects to have that communal aspect of feedback as well, which is something that is very necessary, very good, and can be hard to get outside of the seminary. I think for systematics as well, kind of what is systematics? It's looking at the teachings of scripture and it's putting them together into a system. And so it's gathering them all together into a system that covers different topics or, or different parts of theology, different teachings. There are three systematics courses, but also there's an ethics course that is really included in systematics they just break it out so there's kind of the four and as you go through you'll work through that progression i think that gives our listeners a good enough idea of you know how systematics breaks things down so like basically it takes topics in scripture that are important and then you talk through those specific topics by using scripture to back it up so you're not looking at scripture as like a overarching theme you're kind of looking at scripture through the lens of a specific topic correct yeah yeah you'd be drawn uh, and those topics come from scripture and gathering all of scripture together on on that topic and, and seeing what it says so in like a systematics course you'd be looking at doctrines like maybe the atonement or sin mm-hmm. or god's word for example those might be a few that you'd probably touch on right yep yeah okay and, you know look at the nature of christ and mm-hmm. uh, the nature of his work and, and all those things what is your favorite and least favorite topic in systematic theology and why oh another good yes. one um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> probably right now the topic of anthropology that that's kind of what I'm interested in. And so the study of what it means to be a human being and how that works with like the doctrine of creation, how that works with the incarnation of Christ, how that works with all of these different things. And and especially for Lutherans, you know, what does it mean that we are embodied people and God works through these means for us and then all the, all that plays in together. And so that's an area I I think I, I really enjoy and is, fairly necessary at at this time because we have lots and lots of confusion about what it means to be a human being. And and tied with that is things like vocation and our work in the world, what God intends with all that and and those sorts of things. So that's probably my favorite at this point. Probably getting into, for my least favorite, 
probably the most difficult to wrap my head around is are, are things like election and yeah I, I think some of those places where the answers just aren't as that there are satisfying answers but they're not as satisfying as i'd like them to be <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to explain that to other people is is difficult as well so i think that's mm-hmm. um, that would probably be my least favorite at this point but and i don't want to say certain aspects of christology get pretty tough as well but they do mm-hmm. so. so as far as just thinking kind of about the way that you well, I know it's early. You haven't maybe had the chance to really start a lot with your teaching loads yet, but what is something you might want every student to take away from your classes? Is there something that comes to mind? Like, I want them to really grab hold of this. And if I've done this, I've kind of done my job and I've accomplished what I've set out to do. Something I really appreciated and from my time at LDS is just the interconnection of the doctrines in scripture. I think there's kind of the idea that you can take one part and just leave that part alone and it doesn't impact the rest. But but the reality is it's not true. Every teaching of scripture ties together and reacts. As you change one thing, you end up changing something down the line. I would want my students to grasp that. And again, I, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting eased into this. So this is all future thought, but to grasp that. And then again, to grasp that it touches real life and that this matters in real concrete ways. This matters and for us as embodied people. This isn't just heady stuff. This is the stuff of real life. Yeah. I like that idea of making it practical, you know, like you're equipping them for ministry. So you're talking about theological aspects in seminary. So you're talking about very like in-depth type of theological discussions, and yet you're trying to make that relatable Two people who are going out to reach people with the word who might have no idea that every time they open their mouth, they have a theological discussion. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, trying to apply that to your students would be incredibly beneficial because you're giving them practical tools to equip them in order to, you know, forge ahead in ministry. He did it. He did Let's go. Yeah. Well played. Well played. I'm, yeah. wa- I'm watching the live ticker of our views and it's just skyrocketing. Dude, skyrocketing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So our last question, Clint, that we like to ask our guests is how can we be praying for you and your family as you transition into this new role at LBS? Yeah, I think prayer for my family, just the transition into the U.S., we are Canadian, and so prayer that our all the immigration stuff would continue to go well. It has so far. Keep that going. That my kids would transition well into school in the next while. What's interesting is in Canada, my two oldest boys have gone through grade one and grade three already. But the way the cutoffs work is they're going to be going through grade one and grade three down here again. And so just things like that where it's kind of a prayer for them in those moments Hopefully that it's different enough that they can get through that. Prayer for Heather, just that she can get a group of moms and yeah, be supported in that way. Have a group of friends down here as she cares for our four crazy kids <laughs> and doesn't get to escape to a nice quiet office like I do. So for me personally, just the reality of this position and the weight of this position, yeah, is not lost on me. It is a big undertaking. 
And it's an important role in the church. And so just prayer that I would be equipped to do that well and that I would take advantage of the opportunities I have at this point and that I have been given. And so tremendous. Well, I'm excited for you, Clint. I'm excited to see you transition into the seminary and to be teaching future pastors in the realm of systematics. I know that it's a it's a large undertaking. And so I'll personally be praying for you as you get into that. But I know that you are capable of doing that. I'm excited to see how God's going to work through you in order to mold the individuals that are coming through as potential pastors, pre-pastors in training. So thank you, Professor Knutson, for being our guest today. We are so grateful that you were willing to sit down with us and kind of introduce yourself to our listener base. So thank you for being on the show. You can find out more about our seminary by visiting lbs.edu. And we want to thank our listeners for tuning into the show today. Don't forget, we would love it if you subscribe to our show and would so greatly appreciate it if you shared the podcast with a friend or a colleague. We thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Thank you so much, Clint. You were a great guest. Thank you. See ya. This has been an episode of the CLB Forge podcast brought to you by CLB North American Mission. Thanks for listening. We welcome your questions and comments. Email us at podcast at clbforge.org.